Welcome to Beating the Drum, a podcast about the art and science of customer advocacy. Every company dreams about having customers that will sing their praises. And on this show, we'll explore just how to make that happen. I'm your host, Margot Leong, and for nearly a decade, I've helped create, nurture, and mobilize customer evangelists for B2B and B2C. On this episode, I was joined by Brittany Rolfe, who many of you are familiar with since she's been a repeat guest on the show. She was previously running customer engagement and advocacy at WalkMe, and has since transitioned into a role as chief of staff to their chief customer officer, and is enjoying it immensely. I think it's always good to get additional perspectives on what other career opportunities are available that are related to our space. And so Brittany came on to share the story of how she moved into this role, what the work entails, and how her time in customer marketing was integral to this position. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Brittany. Hey, Brittany, thank you for joining us on the show again. You are so far my only basically twice repeat guest, three-time guest on the show. If I had a soundboard, it would be like cheers and clapping and whatnot. <laughs> it's very exciting. And so thank you so much for coming back on to chat about the topic we got planned. It is such an honor to be back. You know, I love this and I love your show and I love all the other guests. And so it, it is really exciting to be back and to be talking about a new topic. Basically, what we wanted to focus on for this time around is that there's been a bit of an update to your role since we last spoke. You're still at Walk Me, but previously you were a VP on the marketing side, focused on customer engagement and advocacy. And now you've been for about a year, a little bit over a year now, a VP and chief of staff to the chief customer officer. When I heard about this new role and we were chatting a little bit about it, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. I've never really heard about this idea of a chief of staff to the chief customer officer before in the sort of mindset or frame of just thinking about for customer marketers, people who are in the advocacy space and just really love the customer. You know, what are additional ways to utilize that love for the customer within organizations? What are additional career opportunities? And so just really wanted to focus the conversation on that. Let's back up a little bit first. Basically, what is a chief of staff for those who aren't familiar? And I am definitely one of those people. <laughs> Perfect. I think that's a great place to start. So people are most familiar with the chief of staff role within the political space. The most well-known chief of staff is probably the White House chief of staff, who's the mm -hmm. head of the executive office of the president. But this role is actually becoming more and more popular, especially within the tech space, I feel like it really started getting a lot of traction within startups, but now it's becoming more and more common within more complex organizations or organizations looking to scale. And many executives, let's say CEOs most commonly, are looking for a chief of staff to go beyond the role of more traditional EA to really be a strategic partner to help the company run more smoothly. For me, it's actually a little unique because I'm not necessarily chief of staff to the CEO, but I'm chief of staff to a specific department, in this case, our customer success group, which is a combination of customer success, professional services, support, technical capabilities, renewals, customer experience. So it's a very different take on the role. But that's the great thing about being a chief of staff is it's actually like extremely varied based on what company it is, 
what the principal is looking for in the role. But in general, the role is kind of business operations, internal communications, special projects. And it's really this balance of leadership, influence, people management, individual contribution. And so every day is very different. I'm excited to kind of dive into what it can look like at different companies. What's interesting too, is that your background, right? I think you were doing customer success, you've done (laughs) partnerships, right? You were on the solutions, success side, general engagement, marketing, but then of course, yeah. I've had a pretty windy journey to get here. And I know I I shared this on a previous podcast, started in consulting. I moved into customer success, moved from there into partner enablement, moved from there into channel sales, moved back into strategic alliances and back into customer success. And then that's actually how I made my way into marketing for the first time, which was in kind of a customer engagement, customer marketing position where I was really the first person on our marketing team that had any frontline experience working with our customers. And so got to help kind of bake out what is that customer experience, that post-sale experience, trying to kind of imagine everything from lifecycle to community to customer programs and events and advocacy. And so that's really what I did for the five years prior to moving into this chief of staff role. But I had a very diverse career before, which I think really helped in moving into this jack of all trades role where I'm not necessarily an expert on any one thing, but my goal is to navigate the org, pull in all the different experts, help to get those cross-functional initiatives across the finish line. And so it's helpful to have such a varied background because I can pull in a lot of different things to be successful as a chief of staff. It's been a windy journey and I'm not really sure where it'll go from here, but I'm excited. If you could share about the story of how this came about, because when you told it to me initially, I was really inspired. And I think it's a good example of having the confidence to ask for what you're interested in, trying to craft a role for yourself. I think a lot of people are worried about asking for what they want. You've always been a person that inspired me in that way, whether it's voicing concern or asking for things or just being open and interested in starting the conversation. I think you're a really good example of that. Um, That is so kind. I was actually, I was listening to one of your other episodes recently. She was talking about this same concept. I'm like, you go girl, you got to ask for what you want. It never hurts to ask, make your hopes or dreams or goals more known, because like you guys said on that episode, people want to help you get to where you want to go. And especially it means you're going to stay with them or stay with your company along the ride. So I definitely think it never hurts to ask, but happy to tell more about how I made this happen within me and for me. So actually four, five years ago, like as I was kind of moving into the customer engagement role, I had just also started hearing more about this chief of staff role and wasn't really sure a ton about it, did a little Googling and At the time, there was even less information about the role outside of the political sphere available online. It was just a handful of blogs from VCs about what the role is and some firsthand accounts. But I was really curious. And so I'd gone to our CEO at the time and said, hey, I'm kind of interested in this role. I think you would really benefit from having one. You know, would you ever consider me for something like this? And And honestly, at the time he was like, no, (laughs) not interested in having that role. And even if I did, I don't know if you're the right fit. He was traveling between Tel Aviv and San Francisco and speaks Hebrew and manages the R&D department. And I wouldn't have been able to kind of be his right-hand person or a good proxy for him in a lot of those scenarios. But he just also wasn't looking for it at the time and wasn't as familiar with the concept. So 
I was like, okay, no big deal. I leaned full force into customer marketing, learned everything I could about the space and met so many people. But I had always been like, oh, one day I want to explore this chief of staff thing further. And I actually went on maternity leave with my second kid. And at that time I was like, okay, I'm going to really learn more. And so I joined these professional networking groups on chief of staff and talked to some companies that had them and really just started to explore it more and more while I was out on leave and just piqued my curiosity. I came back from that leave and four or five months later, we announced that we were getting a chief customer officer for the first time. This person was going to bring together six different departments under one roof for the first time and really reimagine our customer experience. I had been in this customer engagement role in the marketing department for four, almost five years at this point. And I'm sure all the customer marketers on the line can probably relate to feeling a little misunderstood sometimes, either within marketing or what are you doing? How do you do it? What's the value? What are your programs? I just always felt like we were super, super focused on generating net new leads and there wasn't as much of an emphasis on the customer lifecycle and customer retention and growth. And so when this chief customer officer arrived, I saw that as my opportunity. At the time, I saw it as my opportunity to just get more support for my initiatives. I knew that he's customer obsessed, he's really excited about reimagining the customer experience. And I was like, this is my chance to get the stakeholder I've been missing for the last however many years. But on that first call with him, I scheduled an hour. We went through a lot of the work, the programs, what's working, what's not working, vision for the future. And I could just tell that he was so excited and so into this. And he had so many ideas on what was possible within the space. And it was kind of in that moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I could either continue to do something like this with him as a stakeholder and potentially as a leader, or maybe he's looking for a chief of staff. And so I just asked him, I was like, hey, by the way, this is something I'm really interested in. Is there any chance you're hiring for it? And he said, that's the first role I'm hiring for. And if it's something that you're interested in, I think the job could be yours. Was that on the first call that you had with him? (laughs) (laughs) Did he already seem like a kindred spirit where you felt comfortable to ask that question? I, I think it's two things. I could just tell that he was so passionate about the things that I was really passionate about as well. And that we had a lot of common and we had a really great open hour long discussion around all of these things. And so maybe I could have waited till the next meeting or something to ask, but I was just so curious. And he seemed like he was going to dive in and move fast. And I didn't want to miss my opportunity. And it wasn't necessarily that I was like, I a hundred percent would take the role, but it was like, if you're looking for this, I'd be really interested in learning more. And it just started the conversation. And of course I went back to my manager and kind of started that conversation of, Hey, I think I'm going to apply for this other role and would talk to me more about what a transition would look like and all that. Tried to do it the right way, but I didn't even expect him to be looking to hire a chief of staff. I just had to ask though. I just kind of figured what are the chances? He's probably not, but maybe if he does in the future. And also my worst case scenario was like, okay, at least I have this really passionate stakeholder who cares about all the things that I manage and own. And that's really been missing for a couple years here. And so I'll just get them more pulled into everything that I'm working on and just a lot of great opportunity, regardless of whether chief of staff panned out, but I just so happened to luck out and that was exactly what he was looking for. And honestly, the irony is now at WalkMe, I think we have four or five chief of staffs. Once I kind of moved into the role, the CEO hired somebody or our uh, chief officer brought somebody on. Um, marketing. So there's a couple other folks in roles. But like I said, 
every chief of staff is so different depending on their principal, their department, what the team needs, where their focus areas are. And so we have very different roles based on the need that we're filling for our team. How did you guys get the ball rolling from there? He created a job description. He actually opened up a formal interview process with the team. So anyone could apply and go through it. I gave my leadership team a a heads up that, hey, I'm interested in this opportunity. I'm going to move forward with it. And then once I kind of got the role more officially, then we worked on a transition plan, making sure that the team that I manage went to the right places, put a little bow on everything and overlapped between the two roles for a period of time. I was going to mention this earlier. I think something that really helped with the move and with identifying if I was the right fit for the role was all the work that I had done in customer marketing in the first place. As a chief customer officer, like I said, he's super customer obsessed. His desire is to create an incredible customer experience. And as a customer marketer, that's exactly what we're trying to do all the time, right? And so he was able to see through his conversations with other people at the company before he even came to walk me. When he would talk about these things, those people would say, oh, you should really meet Brittany. You should meet Brittany. Oh, Brittany's really passionate about this. Oh, she's working on this and that. And so he had already kind of heard my name and seen some of my work and heard from other people what I was focused on. And so it was almost like the interview process started before it really started based on reputation of what I was trying to do and what I was passionate about. And that's just something that I think is the beauty of a customer marketer is you are so involved in a lot of these things. And when people think about, oh, who cares about creating a great customer experience? It's our customer marketer. They're super passionate about it. I think that there's a lot of great fit between a chief customer officer or a VP of customer success or whatever it is and the customer marketing role. And we just didn't have that connection at WalkMe super strongly before. This was an amazing opportunity to kind of bring it together. Two things that come to mind is you have been with Walk Me for almost eight years. It looks almost like almost eight years. <laughs> One marriage and two and a half babies. I'm doing my <laughs> next baby in a month. Uh, that's a lot of life milestones at one company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so to have been there since the company was pretty early, and to also kind of have seen it evolve, but also have to have grown with it, and to also have built the reputation there, right? Because you weren't only doing customer advocacy there, you were also working on the success side, right? So like, that's really valuable because you've built a reputation, you've gotten to know people on different departments. And I think when you think about what customer marketers do, right, it's not just the focus on the customers. We have a really interesting view of the company because we work with so many different departments. We probably touch most departments at this point, the support, you know, customer facing side. So support success, of course, the go-to-market side, right? All of the marketing departments, sales. And then a lot of times if you're running things like cabs, executive events, you're in facing directly with the executive team as well. I mean, and then on the product management side, the engineering side, like you really just goes on (laughs) access, right? So I think when you're then transitioning into a role where you have deep knowledge of how the company works, how to get things done within the company, and you have existing relationships. I'm sure that was also very appealing to your guys' new chief customer officer as well, is that someone like Brittany is not only obsessed with the customer, but has that deep institutional knowledge of the company. Uh, And for me coming in new, that is an advantage, a massive advantage. 
you nailed it completely in terms of just what value I could bring to the table as chief of staff to this new leader and helping kind of navigate. The org is very cross-functional and can be very siloed. So just having someone who can access all the right people in all the right places is huge. And being a customer marketer gives you that type of access and very similar to being chief of staff. Like as part of my role now, a lot of times initiatives that I'll own are cross-functional ones that don't have a clear owner within one of those six departments that I mentioned. And so there is no clear leader who should take it and run with it. And so I'll step in and I'll take it. So I think that cross-functional nature of the relationship of being a customer marketer has transferred super well into this role of chief of staff. I just had to work with everybody before and now I get to work with everybody still. What are your main responsibilities for this role in helping the CCO? Like I mentioned, the CCO came to walk me for the first time ever. He created something called the Customer Success Group, combined about six different departments into one. So this makes up about a third of the company. It's over 300 people globally. And so I work alongside the CCO and the leadership team to really help drive our ambition to deliver a first-in-class customer experience. My role specifically is to manage the operational rhythm of the, the department. So our leadership meetings, our extended leadership meetings, the meetings that the CCO has with each of the different departments to understand their business, their metrics, how we're moving across certain initiatives. And then I also work to launch and scale new cross-functional programs. And I focus on leadership communications and people engagement. And of course, I didn't do everything overnight. I've been adding new things onto my plate over time. And as I've conquered one new thing, putting something into place, then I can take on new things. I'm also always looking for opportunities to pass the baton, if you will. So a lot of times our team won't have the right person or the right infrastructure or whatever it is to own something. So I'll get it started and then I'll work within the org to figure out where should this really live? It may should live with me as the chief of staff forever, but it actually should find a more permanent home. And then I can kind of transfer things to the right place, pick up things when they lose an owner or it doesn't make sense for it mm -hmm. to be where it was. So there's a lot of fluidity in the role and what I'm working on and the day-to-day. -day. Every day is very different, but every quarter is very different. So Q4 is very focused on our annual operating plan and budget. Q1 is very focused on kind of launching that and launching our goals and cascading goals down throughout the org. Q2, Q3 might be more focused on people engagement. How are we doing org health-wise, events and activities, customer success summit or regional events. So yeah, it really depends on the cycles of the business where my focus is going to be. Are there any specific initiatives or programs or projects that you'd like to share that you're particularly proud of? Just to give people a sense of more specifically some of the things that you've been working on. Some of the big things we did last year, obviously we were bringing together six different departments under one leader for the first time. So you can imagine there was a lot of skepticism, unknown silos that we were trying to break. You know, I'm not sure about everybody else's organization, but a lot of times I personally think that the customer success orgs, the departments that fall under that, get pretty beat up on, right? Sales sells the deal. And then 
customer success has to deal with the customer and implementation and all the challenges that come with it. Product not living up to expectations or support issues or whatever it is. As an org, it's kind of a lot of people coming together who deal with some of the hardest challenges in the customer life cycle. And so really wanting to use this reorg as an opportunity to boost morale, bring people together, really help them identify and be proud of the incredible work that they do to create these amazing organizations who are successful with digital adoption. And so some of the first initiatives we put into place were things like an awards program, which is now going strong. And I think it's one of the highlights of every quarter is actually recognizing people who are living up to our CSG vision and our values, which is peer nominated. And So I think it's just a really great exercise. And we didn't have company awards really at all, except for at our sales kickoff. So this was a great opportunity to recognize a lot of the amazing work of the team. I also focused on all hands like a monthly meeting for all of CSG to come together. And this was a great opportunity for us to recognize all the change going on within the organization, get people excited and motivated, share out wins, but also share out great examples of amazing customer experience and paint a vision for the future and really motivate people to go along on the ride. So obviously transformation isn't going to happen overnight. We were really setting out on a three-year journey. So How do we bring the whole org along with us and motivate them to be part of the transformation to becoming a best-in-class customer success group, which for me is a huge motivator. You know, after seven years at Walkie, that was kind of my new motivation of, okay, I want to stay here to be part of this three-year journey. And on the other end, I want to be a world-class customer success organization. Some other things that I am particularly proud of is for the first time ever, we set goals for the entire department of what we were trying to do in the year and exactly what it was and how we were going to measure it. And then I ran the monthly meetings where everybody came together to report on the progress of these cross-functional initiatives and the metrics that we were seeing, the challenges we were having or the wins that we had, and then sharing that information back out to the organization. There were so many lessons learned with this process, but just that habit of saying, hey, let's say what we're trying to do. Let's explain how we're going to measure it. And then every month, let's stay accountable to, you know, making progress on this. And it sounds so basic, but it's hard to do, especially when you're a large org and everything's changing and you're moving really fast. Um, So even just having one person, the chief of staff there to ensure consistency and accountability was so helpful and with visibility and transparency to like, are we achieving our goals or not? And if we're not, how do we course correct? How do we change things in order to make sure that we deliver on what we said we were going to do? Something that really struck me, right, is bringing together these different departments under one leader who are really focused on that customer experience. You know, you talked about the boosting of morale, which is just so important because turnover in these more support-oriented customer-facing roles is a lot higher on average than other roles, partly, as you said, because of kind of being beat up, whether it's customers only turn to you for bad things, or also you just don't get that much love from the organization. It's almost just, yeah, that's a given that that's like your job. Yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, sales gets all the stuff, right? You don't really have an equivalent of SCO for the Yeah. And I think that's something that being a customer marketer really helped with as well is I could see when I talked to customers, if they had an amazing account team, right? Their CSM is super supportive and their services folks really help to deliver on their goals and implement and supports really giving them the level of service that they needed. And, you know, they're having this great experience. 
those are usually the customers who came to me on the advocacy side and they had amazing stories and they wanted to talk at events. And so I could see just, oh, these people are so important to Mm -hmm. the ultimate customer's success, but they're not getting the recognition they needed. And so when I moved into the role, it was like, oh my gosh, we need everybody to get shirts. And I created computer desktop backgrounds, just talking about how amazing and important members of the CSG are and really pulling out, making sure that every time we talked about customer wins, it got attributed back to the people on the account teams who were helping to make that happen. And really just trying to pull that recognition through to the efforts of the team members who were really helping to make that possible. And so again, there's always more you could do. I'm not saying we're perfect, but I do think we've made a concerted effort to really say our customer's success is through the success of our CSG employees being able to help them on that journey. They always say support is what makes customers loyal on top of the product delivering the initial promise of what they're supposed to, right? So I I really love that. I'm curious as well is just looking at the types of work that you're doing, what kind of person do you think is well-suited for this role? What sort of natural like skills or traits do you think that they should have? You know, I mentioned earlier this concept of being like a jack of all trades, comfortable with a lot of different types of responsibilities that might fall on your plate. But to get a little bit more specific, I definitely think someone who enjoys or has strong project management skills is very well organized, strong communication skills or like change management experience, and really is just a people person. I mean, the whole goal here is that you're keeping a pulse on the organization, you're talking to people, you're helping them navigate complex situations. They can trust you. They can confide in you. They want to work with you. I would also say putting together presentations. Like I do a lot of um, creating the narratives for the team. So vision and values, but really what is our three-year journey and how are we progressing on it? How do I tell that story? How do I help the leadership team tell that story? How do I pull in information to really strengthen and highlight wins? So it is a lot of different things, but I would say if you don't like super vague and flexible situations, you're probably not going to love being chief of staff. I feel like there's just always a lot of unknown. Things are always changing. My roles and responsibilities can switch or ebb and flow based on the needs of the organization and the team. So, you know, I'm not super rigid when it comes to all that this is what I'm doing. I can't pivot. I can't change. I can't rethink or reimagine something. This one is probably more org dependent, but someone who's really comfortable being both a manager and an individual contributor and doing both at the same time or being really great at like influencing without authority. So for example, in the past year, I've managed three different teams. So I kept some of my customer engagement, customer marketing, customer experience team for a while and helped to hire new people and grow the team and then eventually transition a lot of it to a new leader. And then I also, for a period of time, managed internal learning and development, which I have no L&D background. So I had to get up to speed very quickly and also just manage the team in a very different way than I would a team where I'm more of a subject matter expert in. So kind of a different style of management. And then I also manage our comms and employee engagement side of the house. So I was a manager and then all of a sudden I'm getting ready to go out on maternity leave. And I've transitioned everything. I don't manage anybody anymore. 
And so I've been just very flexible in terms of, okay, this is what I do today. And actually now I'm going to give it all a new home and I'm going to pass it off to new leadership and just be very comfortable letting go of things, which is a different skill that I'm getting a lot of practice with right now. Something that strikes me here is that your role is not super clear cut day to day versus advocacy and customer marketing, you know, life cycle side of things. You had a sort of a set lane or a few different lanes that you were playing in, right? And here it sounds like you're kind of, uh, you're like always learning new things, always taking on new things. There's this element of just having that natural curiosity, it sounds like. There's a lot of times in the day where I'm like, hey, I don't want to step on your toes, but I'm getting involved here because it seems like you could either use some help or I want to bring in our CCO's vision or make sure that certain goals are getting accomplished. So I'll kind of come in and out of people's worlds or projects. And I never try to step on toes, but I try to be seen as a valuable extension of their team. And again, back to being a customer marketer, that's a lot of times what you're doing as well, right? You're coming in and out of an account team and a customer relationship and trying to add value in a different way, but also, you know, having to navigate all the different parties and relationships and do so in a trustworthy and respectful way. Is there anything specific that comes to mind is what you're enjoying the most about this role? Yeah. Again, I hope that this resonates with a lot of customer marketers out there. When I was sitting in the marketing organization, a lot of times I felt maybe a little misunderstood or I didn't always have the seat at the table that I wanted to have it in terms of our strategy and making sure that you know, we were being customer centric and that the customers were at the heart of our marketing efforts and all this stuff. And so I think that's been the really big thing that I've loved about this role is getting to have a real seat at the table alongside the CSG leadership team and being a trusted advisor to not just the CCO, but to all of his direct reports and to other leaders at the company in representing what we're trying to do, why we're trying to do it, what would we want to see as the right outcomes. I just feel like it's a little bit of different access and influence that I've really, really enjoyed, which has been fun. What's really interesting too, is when you have moved out of a role, then when you move into a different role where you're just getting a chance to step back and I think seeing more of the macro of everything and more bird's eye view of how things are fitting together. This happened for me when I moved into more of a general marketing role is then I was able to look back on my time in customer marketing and think, okay, I could see how if I were to do it again, I might do things differently. So I'm curious, like for you, what would you do differently or what advice would you give? I think people talk about this a lot and it's hard to put into practice always, but that concept of cross-functional buy-in and getting stakeholders from across the business, I sat within marketing and my main point of contact, my main stakeholders and people supporting my initiatives A lot of times it was coming from within marketing or if it was coming from outside of marketing, the relationship between the departments wasn't as strong or the influence wasn't as big. When we were hiring the CCO, that was what I saw as this opportunity to better strengthen the buy-in I was getting from outside of the organization. And in hindsight, you know, as I look back on my career, I'm like, ah, I just needed to spend probably more time investing in those cross-functional relationships and really figuring out 
what was the sales team asking for? What was the customer success team asking for? What was the renewals team asking for? And trying to be able to deliver more on those things versus just what the marketing organization was asking for. And again, that could have been my company. Other companies have different leaders, different structure, but that was my big takeaway. And now that I'm in this chief of staff role, I see that a lot more clearly now because I'm helping these leaders figure out how to get buy-in and support or time or whatever it is for their initiatives. It just seems like I'm able to help unlock those things easier now, viewing it in a way that I didn't see it before. I feel like when I was in the role, the needs from marketing, there were a lot of, we were building a category, we needed customer references, we needed people to talk to analysts and present at conferences and apply for awards and we needed logos and we never had any shortage of work and customer marketing is usually a very small but mighty team. And so we would deliver these things because that's what marketing was asking for and built the reference program and built out a community and events. But when it came time to get more headcount or more budget or expand programs, especially along the customer lifecycle and driving towards retention and growth, that wasn't necessarily marketing's key focus always. And so getting that cross-functional buy-in from sales and customer success to say, what do you guys need to strengthen the relationships to make adoption easier, implementation easier, renewal easier, and really getting them to help influence the program and want to help support getting the headcount or even dedicating their own resources to help you get it done. There's just a lot of different ways to grow the influence and impact of customer marketing outside of just what your initial charter was or a very specific lens of it. And so I think sometimes that depends on like, oh, does your CF leader see the value of customer lifecycle marketing? Maybe they don't. Maybe you need to educate them. Maybe you need to show them when, co-create something together and test it and then get their buy-in over time. I didn't feel like I had enough time to do that and do it well. But in hindsight, that upfront time could have made all the difference if I invested a little bit more on that and then, you know, would be able to grow my programs. I wasn't thinking about how to use always my outside stakeholders to help me grow within my current department. Absolutely. Is there anything that you would recommend for people that are in this role, right, are kind of in a similar situation? Is there anything that you recommend that they could do immediately, right? Part of the reason why yeah. I'm asking this is everybody talks about cross-functional working together, cross-functional influence. The actual execution of it still seems very murky to a lot of people. And there's a difference between a department asked me to do something and I call that cross-functional collaboration, right? Like I yeah. work with a different department. That's not cross-functional collaboration. This idea of the influence and then taking that to the next level of, okay, we think we have something here. How do I get support for it? How do I get the buy-in? I mean, a lot of this seems so mysterious to a lot of people <laughs> earlier in their careers. So you may have a better sense now being in this different kind of role too. So you're summed it up well, like cross-functional collaboration does not necessarily mean just you do things for other departments when they ask you to do them, but that can be how the relationship starts. If you're a marketer, customer marketer, and you don't engage with the customer success leadership at all, that's a huge missed opportunity. And I know that sounds so silly, but setting any type of regular connection or check-in, even if you just join their operations meetings to understand what's working, what's not working, what are some of their pain points? Those are the things you need to hear to come back and say, there's a lot of different ways we can solve this through, through technology, through marketing efforts, 
getting creative, different programs. And they're just probably so focused on the specifics of their team's roles and responsibilities. They're not always thinking outside of the box. And you can really bring that out of the box thinking. But you need to hear from them more information so that you can come back with more pointed recommendations. If your leader doesn't care about a customer advisory board and you're coming in saying, I think you should do a customer advisory board without actually listening to them, you're probably not going to get a ton of traction or support. So I would say, especially at the start of the year is always a good time because people are going through the strategic planning process, but sitting down and saying, I want to understand what are you struggling with? What are you trying to accomplish next year? You know, tell me a bit more about it. Or you can network throughout the org to hear that. Hey, I interviewed 15 different CSMs or services or support folks or customers, here's what I heard. And here's some ideas on how I thought we could go solve this together. What do you think about these ideas? Are these part of your vision? Are these part of your goals? Is this something you just didn't think was possible? Or have you seen this done before? And I think you can just get so much information and then you really start building that partnership. I think the challenge is now, how do you prioritize? Because you're probably a small but mighty team. So How do you focus on something and start showing wins so that then you can get their buy-in to keep growing? And I think sometimes everybody, but especially customer marketers, they want to deliver on everything. So they'll sign up for a lot of different things and then not necessarily be able to show quick wins or the impact right away to get that executive's continued buy-in and sponsorship. So I want to re-emphasize something that I said that I actually think is so important is bringing the leaders the insights that they might not already have. I wish that's something I would have done more often. As a customer marketer, you're talking to customers, start to ask them questions and bring that data back into the team or talk to the people, the frontline folks who are working with customers and collect that data and bring that up to leadership. Like you don't just have to go to the leaders and say, what do you want? What do you need? What do you think? They've got so much on their plate. You can come back and say, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm seeing. Now give me your thoughts, react to this. And if you ever feel like maybe you're not getting engagement from a leader or they're not super interested in partnering more, that's a different way of bringing them added value and then getting them to respond to it. So I wish I would have done that more as well. So the last question I wanted to ask about is what's sort of next for you, right? I mean, how are you thinking about what you want to do in the future? Do you want to stay on this chief of staff side? Is there anything, you know, other areas you're interested in in the future? Oh, Margot, don't you know, I think about this all the time. You have the exact <laughs> plan laid out. I know you do, right? You said you're like really into project management. Exactly. Like- I love a good five-year plan. No, <laughs> My career has always been super serendipitous and I usually just go with the flow and I don't overthink things. But I do think about this a a lot because a lot of chief of staff um, people are usually doing this for about one to two years. They're kind of like middle of their career and this is the jumping ground into leading a department or becoming a head of operations or owning some other part of the business. And so a lot of times when I'm networking, with other chief of staff, they're asking, okay, what do you want to do next? Or how are you planning for the future? For me, I think I've actually decided I really love being a chief of staff. And I think I could do this for my career. I love being the proxy to the principal or the leader of the team. I love being an extension of the leadership team and getting to help all the different leaders with different initiatives or challenges. I love the cross-functional nature of it. And I think it's something that I'm good at since moving into this role. I'm like, maybe I am a career chief of staff. I don't necessarily need to be on to the next 
role in the next six months or whatever it is. That being said, maybe there's an opportunity for me to be chief of staff for a CMO or a CEO. I love being part of the customer success group and reporting to a chief customer officer because we already have alignment in terms of our vision, our values, and what we're passionate about. I do think it's a really great fit for me and probably a lot of other customer marketers out there. But getting to learn different parts of the business, I think, could be really interesting as well. Uh, All of that being said, big asterisk, maybe, you know, in a year from now, I'm going to be like, oh, actually, I want to go back into marketing or I want to try something new. Don't write this in stone. But I think for now, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. So much of your career, your life professionally is trying to find those pieces that click and fit together. I think one of them is have to enjoy the work, number one, uh, get energy from it. And number two is there are elements of it that you're already naturally good at, right? So it's the talent plus the interest that is super, super important. And then also there's like a sprinkling of being pushed out of your comfort zone or just it's like a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Often. I, so I feel all of those things. New and interesting and challenging. Uh, but you have the confidence to keep pushing forward, right? You keep like conquering these hills and these mountains. Um, but it, it sounds like there's such a nice combination of things here that fit that, that you're really enjoying. It was just great. I think a lot of people hope that they can find something that they are this excited about when it comes to their work. It's amazing to get to chat with you about this. Hopefully this gives people that are listening another lens and perspective on what are the other opportunities for people who are super focused on the customer. I love the idea for the role. I love that you're so into it. So if people are interested in chatting more with you, learning more about the role, what's the best place for them to reach out to you? Just LinkedIn is great. <laughs> I always want to like come up with a more exciting way to get in touch with me, but yeah, just LinkedIn. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And I'm super excited to chat with anybody who is curious to explore uh, how customer marketing could transition into different roles, chief of staff included, but also otherwise. So don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Beating the Drum. For more interviews with advocacy leaders and tips on creating customers that will sing your praises, head on over to our website, beatingthedrum.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review us. If you know someone that would be a great fit for the show, I would love to hear about it. You can reach out at beatingthedrum.com. Take care, everybody.